0: Hi, this is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Bros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create manage and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. And the show is brought to you by Convince & Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince & Convert makes your content better. The hosts of the show are Jeff Cohen and Randy Frisch. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. And now, here's Jeff, Randy, and this week's special guest. Welcome
1: to another episode
0: of Content Pros.
1: This is going to be a, a different podcast in a way because uh, it's the beginning and the end at the same time. We're, we're bringing back someone who is with us at Content Pros from the very beginning. That's Chris Moody, who you may have uh, remembered if you've been listening to us for a long time. But it's also the end because Jeff Cohen is actually moving on from Content Pros, and we're gonna—I guess—we're gonna have to dig in today to find out if both of these people who have had time at Oracle hate Oracle or hate me, right? Like, which one is the one that's just pushed them to move on from content pros? So you know, over to Jeff Cohen from Oracle Marketing Cloud. Jeff, uh, you know, I'll put you on the hot seat to, to let you uh, answer that one and bring Chris into the show.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Randy. Super happy, as always, to be here with Randy by my side, or actually Chris literally by my side on another episode of content pros part of the convince and convert podcast network and you use the word hate randy and i think that's pretty strong so first i'll say speaking for me not for chris he can answer himself but we love you randy and it has nothing to do with you big
1: sigh of relief over here big sigh of relief
2: that's right and and it actually has nothing to do with oracle it's it's the idea of new opportunities, and uh, I'm moving on to a, a content marketing agency, which will actually give me the opportunity to get involved with many more, uh, many more content challenges, even more than I'm doing here at Oracle. So, with I guess, little further ado, <laughs> uh, as Randy said, we'd like to welcome Chris Moody, former and founding host of Content Pros, who is now content marketing lead at GE Digital. Welcome, Chris, to Content Pros.
3: Thank you, Jeff and Randy. It feels great to be back. And it's also the sad, I don't know, there's this, this <laughs> just sad when it's your last show. So I feel for you and I, I do miss Content Pros. So definitely no hate, Randy. Um. I think you know the second season where we started working together may have been our best and then we we had a good run. We had a good run. So I, I
1: definitely good, missed anymore. I'm I'm like seriously like dripping off all the sweat right now. Good to know that we're all we're all good around the table here.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, similar <laughs> similar emotion wise to this is us if you watch that show, you know, kind of sad just state, but still optimistic. So, so did you uh, just yeah.
2: discover who your birth parents are?
3: Uh, no, but it's funny. I used the approximation of Randall to explain to my parents more about my personality. So versus me trying to say, actually, I, I'm I'm not ex- the. Person. you think I am I'm, I'm more like Randall than the other characters and my wife said that and they're like really you're like Randall I was like yeah yeah so this is us you know helping with persona development there you go content absolutely
1: time. We'll, we'll see if we'll finish on tears Jeff I'll let you close it off today maybe, maybe there'll be a couple of tears because yeah, my wife cries at the end of that show every time okay
2: yeah there there might be some tears and and just to, to echo something that Chris said in our in our love fest before we dive into the content uh, we're actually on a pretty good run ourselves, Randy. Our, our recent shows have been pretty good, so I think ending with ending my run with Content Pros with Chris, I think it's going to be an, uh, another awesome show for our listeners. So, Chris, give us sort of an overview. Uh, since you were last on Content Pros, you've been at GE Digital, uh, leading a content effort there. Tell us about what that's like, kind of in a in a general sense. How do you sort of how are you getting started and what kinds of things are you doing?
3: Sure, so I, I think the first thing to understand, GE Digital is a fairly new group at GE. The origin story goes back three years, but the branding of GE Digital does not go back that far. So it's a, a and essentially a new marketing organization. Now I, I joined and there's an established group called Marketing Innovations. They have amazing folks, they have an amazing leader, Katrina Craigwell, many folks know her in the space. And it's a great team. They're running a lot of marketing. They have um, revenue marketing paid search they have some content strategists and some writers on the team but i joined in a group called industry solutions and the simplest way to explain it is there are extremely bright folks with tons and tons and tons of subject matter expertise that are working with customers so they get pulled into strategic conversations and they try to use their experience to show here's why we should be your trusted advisor they threw me into a group of PhDs and extremely bright folks, so it's nice being the dumbest guy on the team. And I'm an individual contributor, so I went from running um, an extremely productive content team that Jeff was an integral part of, to being by myself, essentially, and trying to figure out how do I best manage my time to drive revenue and impact the business, which is an interesting challenge because everyone always assumes when you're in a big company, you have tons and tons of money, And that is not the case. I mean, I don't have an individual budget. My boss is exceptional and does a great job of figuring out where we need to make an impact. But I've been scrappy. You know, it's almost back to startup marketing where when you're by yourself, you can't do everything. You can't write tons and tons of blog posts because you might have a pillar piece of content, which we just launched one called the State of Industry, and we have that segmented by four key verticals. So it's really five pieces. There's the piece all together with an executive summary, and then one for automotive, one for consumer packaged goods, food and beverage, one for heavy discrete manufacturing, and one for chemical. And that was a Herculean effort. I mean, the the combined piece is 126 pages. Now it's high design, so it's not 126 pages of reading. But it's been interesting to tackle something from the ground up because we're trying to be the voice of the customer, really. We're trying to take the experiences that are shared across our team and turn that into scalable content. So that's, that's where my heart is these days
2: when I'm not longing for content pros and talking into a microphone. So one of the things that's interesting starting that kind of content effort at a place like GE is GE or at least at the the corporate level is known for just absolutely crushing it from a content perspective. They are they are one of the companies that really is held up as the the B2B content leader. They've they've produced some really well-received podcasts. They've done amazing things on video and all the short video channels and, and all those sorts of things. Does that does that actually make it easier for you because they're providing air cover about what content's for, or does it actually make it harder because as you said, you're scrappy, you don't have big budgets and all that sort of stuff? I, I think it falls somewhere in the middle. Um uh, the interesting thing
3: as a content marketer, if I can be objective and step to the side and not be the one who has to get the work done most of the marketing teams i've worked with and most of the colleagues i share in the field of marketing the challenge is we have a great product or we have an established marketing process we need to get more air coverage we need to build our brand we need everyone to know us we need folks to think of us and top of mind be top three in our industry that kind of thing. And at GE, for GE Digital, it's very much the opposite because it's a new group. So the team is, you know, you can pick your stage, storming, forming, norming, whatever you want to call it. Lots of new folks who are extremely bright coming together to figure out how we match this to business objectives. But we have a tremendous amount of air coverage. I mean, everyone knows GE. My five year old recognizes GE anytime he sees it. He says, "Dad, there's your logo, and you know it could be a washing machine, which is no longer part of GE's business. But it, it was created by Thomas Edison, right? I mean, everybody knows Thomas Edison, so you don't have to go out and say, "We're GE. Let me tell you what that means. Every single person in the world pretty much knows who GE is. But for digital, we have a a great task and initiative of telling the story and helping to change the world and the way the world works and connecting minds and machines and making technology seamless across manufacturing. And and that's what is fun for me. I mean, I, I think almost every other challenge, it was optimizing an existing team or building a team with an existing model. You kind of knew, here's how the funnel works, here's our sales process, and Go out there and get us more awareness while we crank away at the numbers. For GE, it's we have this great air coverage. We have great TV spots. Everyone's going to see it. But explain to people, what is digital transformation? How can we help them? How can we be specific by vertical? So very much the polar opposite of what I've done at most other companies.
0: Hey, Zoe. Hey Kelly! Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. We'll hold on to your pants. So you know Uberflip? It lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. <laughs> Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo.
1: So I, I want to dig in on what you were talking about earlier in terms of bringing out this pillar of a piece of content, this 126-page you know, visual experience. And you know, we, you know, Chris, back when you were hosting with us, we had a lot of different people come on the podcast, and they would talk about a whole bunch of different ways to talk about that. Some people talked about it as you know, the turkey um, and how we'd slice up the turkey. Some people talked about you know, how all the trail of breadcrumbs needed to lead to this you know, big discovery of this big asset. I'm wondering how you decided to start with that big asset being by yourself versus having all those breadcrumbs, if you will, over time. And, and what was the approach in terms of when the right time was to focus on the big asset?
3: I think that's a, an extremely loaded question. Uh, there are a couple <laughs> things that I'd like to address to to pick it apart. The first, I, I used to say a bunch in presentations: don't always try to hit home runs. So don't always try to create that amazing piece of content and. I think many organizations can fall victim to that. But for me, it was based on a few things. The first is experience. Um, When we were at Oracle, Jeff and I are sitting beside each other. So it was a a small group of folks that came up with an award-winning campaign that was a year in summary. It was modern marketing, year in review kind of thing. And it, it summarized the year and what was expected next year with tons of subject matter expertise. And that was something Jeff drove and we saw the results. I mean, it was amazingly successful. And we knew that that was a repeatable model for us if we executed it well and did everything the right way with the promotion. So that was in my head knowing that if we put together a compelling piece of content that resonates with experts in our field, I think it will work. The second directly related to that was just gut feel. Do I think this will work with our audience? And for something like digital transformation for manufacturing companies, everyone knows manufacturing in our field, the the target customers we have. They're subject matter experts themselves, but they may have concerns about digital transformation and what that really means. So with us being able to pull together analysts and lots of different minds and conduct thought leadership interviews and create a compelling piece that puts us in the role of trusted advisor, I felt like that was something worthwhile for our time. And then the third big reason, it was timely. It was coming up near, well, I guess this was this was May when we started talking about it. And that was something that Jeff was great at with Oracle, getting ahead of the schedule. And, and a lot of times people do the year in review type things in December, but we started this months out. And it gave us time to do it really well. And, and it's not easy to produce a long, substantial piece of content, but it started with interviews and then you know, surrounding data and third-party sources we could complement the interviews with and then fleshing that out into content and then... From there, going into design, once we had content, and it was even before design our content was final. So it was this iterative process where we had the time to try to get it right, and we're still making improvements. I mean, it's not going to die. And my goal, again, is to do that at the end of 2017. So when you tackle a huge piece like that, it, it can help shape the strategy. The, the main thing is figuring out the best distribution and surrounding it with complementary assets, and that's something that I'm trying to tackle now.
1: So I just want to do a quick check in Now this is the most we've ever allowed you to speak consecutively on content pros. I mean, moving from you know, being the host to being the guest, are you alright? Do you need a break? Are we doing okay?
3: No, I'm good. It's kind of I nice. Know. And so, yeah, sometimes no, I know. I get to go with it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you ask the questions and you're sitting there like, "Oh man, I, I know the
1: answer to the question I just asked." <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: So we, we ended up going right to this idea of the big pillar. I, I was actually curious to start a little bit earlier in in you know what you know how you approached being a G digital and you know one of the things is you know being in this this group that is G digital and I'm sure a lot of people say themselves, "Well, what is digital?" You know, where does it play? Where does it not play? What is IoT? Where does it play? Where does it not play? From a content perspective, I'm wondering at a company at the size of GE, how much of that was about the content team figuring out who to speak to from a persona perspective versus working with product teams to figure out who you're building for perhaps?
3: I think there's some nuance there. Um, I want to say it's some of both, but at the same time, it's in the press. I mean, you can watch everything that Jeffrey Immelt's been talking about, and he has made the bet on turning GE into a software company. And that is not me revealing any secret sauce. I mean, it's everywhere. It's every interview he does. So it was more, you know, sure, you want to be a part of this, but this is where we're going, and this is the future. And if you want to be on the boat, get on the boat. And if not, you can swim. And maybe you'll catch up with us. Maybe you won't. But uh, digital is happening, and GE has you know tons of investments and involvement in that community and Predix, their application layer, and just lots of stuff that they're doing. But from a content perspective, I think our audience, I mean, all our target customers, they're great at what they do. I mean, when you talk about a leading car manufacturer, right? You don't go into a Ford or a General Motors and say, hey, let me tell you how to make a car. I mean, this is what they do. But if you're walking in and saying, Based on our experience, we have rolled out this comprehensive suite of solutions with our software, and it allows us to essentially clone an asset on your factory, run optimization experiments, and then push that into the live production environment. I mean, that's a different story when we're talking about how we can really digitally transform things. And as a marketer... an element of it is A-B testing, right? I mean, we've all done A-B testing and you send multiple messages to see what works. I mean, when you can digitally clone a product line or an asset or an engine and see what works best on that and push that into the live environment, it's extremely compelling. And we're also talking about a space where a 1% improvement can be billions of dollars. So if we've ever optimized a funnel, right, we try to look at where's churn and let's reduce churn, or or where can we get an increase in qualified leads? 1% may not be enough to keep your job, but for something like GE Digital, with our customers, 1% could save them billions of dollars. It's a a different model, but digital is pervasive and everyone is talking about it, and I think our job is to be the trusted source of education and help to explain the actionable results and outcomes they can accomplish.
2: Today's episode of Content Pros is brought to you by Uberflip and their weekly podcast called Flip the Switch, where they bring some of the brightest marketing minds together to provide useful insights, actionable takeaways, and a fresh approach to the content marketing challenges you face daily. Head over to bit.ly slash flip content to discover the tips and tactics that will help you flip the switch from ordinary to remarkable. So as you're talking about this Chris talking about both the both the the big pillar asset and actually describing the the product that it supports I'd love to know how you think about the funnel and how content can serve different stages of the funnel obviously your first big asset your first what we'll call your first big success is top of funnel it's thought leadership leveraging your internal subject matter expertise but then how does your small, scrappy team of one address let's tie this whole big content effort down through the funnel and make sure like you're connected with product marketing and how does how does all that stuff work in your world, even though I've completely answered the question for you?
3: <laughs> well, well, no, it, it, it's interesting because the call to action. Well, let's back up first. For the marketing software folks listening, if if you're at a marketing software company, a big part of the job may be click to buy. You know, we're trying to get someone to fill out a form or get a demo or actually purchase a product online. Now, when you move upstream and it's a more comprehensive solution, you're trying to facilitate a sales conversation and an extremely qualified and informed sales conversation. For me, now, it's not exactly... How the funnel is defined but to me there's a couple of things so a top of funnel asset may actually be an exceptional thing for sales to have right and not just to read and learn about it but to be able to take that in front of a customer and say hey i'm going to leave this with you i know it's long it's 30 pages but for your industry we've gone through and we've looked at the top trends and what we think is coming next year and these are all discussion points at the same time You know the surrounding pieces of content it was less about the distribution and weed process which a a marketing driven company or a marketing a, a marketing company providing solutions for marketers our whole approach was how do we get more qualified leads online right it was here are all the ways we drive people to the asset and we funnel them there now we're going to do that at g digital but the primary concern for me was how do i get this in the hands of sales And for all of our analysts and directors that are in front of customers, I I created presentations for each of the assets. So it was, you know, less than eight slides, but it it pulled out the salient points where they could go in and talk to their customers about it and to their prospects about it. And they had discussions. So for me, it's a different funnel that starts when I can get someone on our team or sales empowered to have a productive discussion and that's how i have to view content it's not as much about the online metrics even though that's what i will drive for and watch and obsess over because i always do that but when you're talking million dollar deals you know giving sales something that they're confident in that it looks nice that it explains all the key points it helps educate them but leads to extremely productive and insightful conversations, that is winning content now, because I'm trying to show all the folks who are meeting with sales and around the sales process, here's how we can empower enablement. And it may not be direct, but we also tackle that. I mean, we have meeting one, meeting two presentations, and it's a horizontal and vertical approach, which that may be a future question, but we have content that stretches across every single vertical, so digital transformation. And that's something that we have to cover for any client, any industry. We're trying to explain what that is, what it means, but then we get extremely specific to the vertical, the industry that they're in. And that's a whole new world of content. So we have to tackle both of
1: those all at once. So as you were Talking about how you're helping to navigate content through the org there and, and pull everyone together, it made me think, I mean, you know, Chris, you've been an amazing advocate for content marketing. I mean, both in, in the role you've had, you know, at Oracle and the company that, you know, brought you into Oracle being Compendium um, through your involvement with Content Pros. I'm wondering, going from, you know, having this role as an advocate for content to being in a company where now I assume you're advocating for the importance of content, how how receptive has your new company been to the importance of content, and how much do you have to battle? You know, because we talk to a lot of you know content marketers, you know, through my company at Uberflip and other ways where where there is that battle sometimes to stress the importance of content. I'm wondering how you're seeing that being on the other side. I am
3: extremely fortunate. The the leadership that's in place, so the two layers that I report to, my boss and my boss's boss, both completely understand the value of content. It's more about execution and efficient execution based on budget. So for me, it's, it, it's less of the story of here's content marketing, here's why we should do it, which even at some marketing-focused companies, that has been the biggest challenge, the education around content. It's more about... If we have a million dollars or a thousand dollars, here's the best way we should spend that money to create content that scales and can actually impact opportunities and revenue. And, And that's a different discussion. So it's less around content marketing is amazing. Let me tell you all the reasons why. Here's all the data to support that story. It's We have all these different areas of content that we have to address here's how we can best do that and it may be some in-source some outsource you know some agency assist but it, it's it's more of the plan and the execution and that's where my head is right now so i think i am fortunate in that regard i do feel like lots of people are still fighting to make the case for content marketing but in in my opinion leadership here really understands that they know that it's it's a given it is something we have to do but we can obsess over the best way to do that based on the money we have.
1: I love that. And, and you know, I think... Both Jeff and I, when we when we were each losing you from Content Pros or Oracle, we knew uh, we knew you were going to find a, a home that embraced content in, in a true way. Um, you know, another great place that hopefully the three of us will hang out is is our Uberflip conference later this summer. I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, the three of us can can get together here in Toronto. As as you guys know, last year Jeff made it. A, we had a, an amazing lineup, including people like Jay Bear, who are a bit behind Convince and Convert, where everyone's listening to this podcast from. Um, and it's a real, real great opportunity to talk about some of the things that you just alluded to, Chris, in terms of the trends where content's happening, how it's being infused into the organization from an ROI perspective, from a sales enablement perspective, really this idea of owning the journey with content. So um, what I'm going to do now, I, Jeff, I'm going to hand it back to you because this is your last show with us and you know, you and I have had a blast doing this, but you know, you and Chris have worked together for a lot longer. So I'm going to, I'm going to literally put myself on mute the rest of the way through, um, you know, no, no, on behalf of myself and a lot of the people listening to this podcast though, that we've truly enjoyed having you on this, this podcast. And it's just a matter of time until we're bringing you on as a guest too. But you know, why don't you, why don't you finish it strong here, but with
2: you and Chris, that sounds great. Thanks so much, Randy. And thanks for all your help and support. Uh, in my time on content pros. So no, no tears yet, but I'll, I'll go on with another question for Chris and try to hold them back. Um, So one of the things, Chris, that's a, a big trend and topic in content marketing is the idea of distribution. In other words, people have said, oh, you, you spend a small percentage on content creation and you should actually focus I've seen like up to eighty percent of your effort, resources, et cetera, on distribution. Um, so in in the context of you, said, well, sometimes the best use of this content is a salesperson actually laying it down on the table. So, in other words, that's almost a one to one distribution. Um, so i'd I'd love to get your your take on kind of not just the bigger distribution plan or thoughts around this content, but the fact that, you're a small group within GE. In other words, can you go to GE corporate social media accounts and have them share it? If that's even if that's even relevant to the conversation,
3: I, I think for distribution, my head really is more around enablement right now. Um, it's we. I was just on a call earlier this morning where we were talking about distribution in the sense most content marketers understand the concept so we are concerned about blog posts and having effective calls to action and leading to a landing page we usually start with a campaign so for our qualified email list we're delivering them relevant information and for the most part that's the first place people can engage with an asset So it goes there first, and then the landing page could be staggered after. You know, it may be something where there's just a a simple pop-up to capture that lead, but it goes on the website later. I I think when we're talking about the size of deals we're talking about at GE Digital and the complexity of the sale and the customization to the individual client solution, not necessarily the software, because you always want to scale software and not build to suit. It's a lot of in-person sales meetings and you know people who really understand that customer regardless of title, working through here's how we can help you, here are the outcomes we can sign on to provide, and working together that way. That means you have to empower the people talking to your customer to have those conversations whether that's an ebook whether that's a presentation whether that's a webinar whether that's a recorded presentation that is not quite a webinar or somewhere in between and then at the same time we want the customers to pull the content and i also want sales to pull the content through i don't want to have to push everything and that was another reason i wanted to start with something that i felt like it was an amazing comprehensive piece of content because I want them to see that. I want everyone to see that and say, I need more of this, where can I find it? And then we have a great place to find it and then they're starting to look versus saying, you know, when do I get the nudge? Who's sending me the email of things I should pay attention to? And I mean, the biggest thing is matching it to your sales process. And distribution to me now means what can we do to close revenue to impact the business bottom line, we have to accomplish. And as a content marketer, that may be a little counterintuitive because I know a lot of folks are still more in the blog and social side and not quite as sophisticated on lead-driven assets. I know you know a ton about that, Jeff, because that that was primarily your biggest responsibility when we worked together. But it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I think. All of the conversation, if you go to a marketing conference, if you say distribution, it's, well, we put it on the blog and we have a landing page and we promote it on social and then we'll do some paid search and then we'll do some paid ads and we do all of those things. But I'm more concerned about the distribution behind closed doors. How do I get that in front of the customer? How can I make everyone more educated to try to close those deals and then how can I create that cycle of pulling out information from those discussions and turning that into content? So the the cycle for me isn't happening on the web and the publicly available side. I'm trying to pull from extremely smart folks behind the scenes and create something that can hopefully move the needle because we have extremely lofty sales goals. You can. Google GE digital growth and shareholder meetings and see what our goals are but we're talking billions of dollars increase in revenue over a few short years.
2: So that that's a that's a great way to think about it. People some of our listeners may be familiar with the term dark social, which is the idea of so much sharing on social media actually happens by email and through private networks and things that you don't see. I think Chris is actually alluding to something that today we're going to coin dark content marketing where okay. basically, basically the content that you create is just as important in these one-to-one handoffs, the meetings, as he says, behind closed doors, and then also figuring out how to capture some feedback and turn that into new content. So I, I love this idea that you, that you, you're practicing, and then we just put a term to dark content marketing. I like that term. I, so am I the foremost expert in dark content
3: marketing? Because I feel like that's a LinkedIn thing. Like,
2: I, <laughs> I think so, and I'll, I'll race you to register the domain name darkcontentmarketing.com. Dark contentmarketing.com. But I it's like probably not available.
3: It. Yeah, I'm sure someone has it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but anyway, in so that that's a great way to think about it. And one of the things that we like to do here on Content Pros uh, since your days is a bit of what we call lightning round and often lightning round is uh doesn't really have the l- the rules of a lightning round but i think i'm gonna since i'm sitting here with you we don't need a timer we're okay or we don't need that buzzer i have an air horn on my phone but you'll you'll just keep your answers short um so i i know that you're somebody who likes to tell stories. And probably a lot of people who listen to this may remember you as a host, but never heard any of your stories. So this will kind of whet their appetite for some of them, because you have to give just like a sentence or so for your answer. Um, so what what was your most successful uh, personal blog post that you wrote? A blog post about how I was
3: sued over a blog post, by far, exponentially more successful.
2: Okay, perfect. and. So I I understand also, not I understand, I know you since we're friends, um, but I've heard you tell the story about how uh, when you were a student at NC State, you actually have an unusual varsity letter at NC State, don't you?
3: Yes. I lettered in women's basketball at North Carolina State University for Hall of Fame Coach KU.
2: Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) And so... So, yeah, this should this should whet your appetite and want to get to know Chris a little more. He has lots more stories. Um, so we'd like to understand how people are kind of checking in and keeping up with uh, pop culture and, and things of that nature. So is there something you're watching on Netflix now or something that recently has kind of jumped out to you?
3: My wife and I are obsessed with This Is Us. And as a content marketer, I, man the writing on that show is exceptional and and it's been a long time since a show in that category Mm -hmm. i I can honestly say that and people in our circles i mean the the podcast listeners circles many of the folks you look up to are obsessed (laughs) with this is us and it's happening behind the scenes and everyone's talking about it but man it's a content masterpiece if you watch the character development and and I can get into the sappy stuff too, but I, I'm obsessed with that show. That's one right now that I really love. Um, some of the award-winning movies, I mean, I, I loved Hell or High Water, which is another great
2: character development story, but those are two off the top of my head. And, and then I know you're a big sports fan, so we'll just, we'll just close it up with one sports question. Who is your most successful fantasy football player in recent memory so i don't i don't know enough to put real parameters on that one <laughs> yeah yeah i can't even remember i
3: finished i finished in second place this season and i had so many injuries i don't even remember i mean i think that's more representative of my season i i drafted uh deandre hopkins was the first draft pick that i had which was a total bust um uh, yeah, so somehow I managed to finish second, which I'll take,
2: but I can't even remember. Right, so, it, so strong overall team rather than superstars, maybe.
3: Uh, I'd maybe. say survive in advance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't even remember. It was, a, it was a rough injury season for me this past one.
2: Okay, awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on Content Pros. And as, as Randy said at the top of the show and as we talked about, this will be my last episode of Content Pros. Uh, so I definitely want to thank Randy for all his co-hosting duties and support and all the folks over at Uberflip and absolutely big shout out to Jay Bear and the team at Convince and Convert. And these shows could never happen without Jess Ostroff, our amazing executive producer and her whole team uh, working on all these things for the Convince and Convert uh, podcast network. And I'm trying to trying to say strong here as I close out my final episode of Content Pros, although I imagine one day I'll probably be back as another guest. I've been a guest on the show before, and uh, I will certainly keep listening and hope you will too. Uh, if you have any comments, please go over to iTunes and leave them. It will help Randy and the team continue to make this great podcast, sharing the Tips and tricks in the real world of content marketing. And we will talk to you soon. Take
0: care. This is Jay Baer, and thanks for listening to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to ContentProsPodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uber Flip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com.